Welcome to the Property Wealth and Business Podcast, discussing the mindset for success, how to build wealth and create your own economy. Hosted by portfolio millionaire, property entrepreneur and mentor, Daniel Moses. Hello, hello. Good evening, everyone. And tonight I'm joined with Craig Sullivan, uh, who is a property investor in Kent. Welcome, Craig Sullivan. How are you doing today, my man? I'm excellent, mate. Yeah, raring to go. Raring to go. I've been, I've been dying to come on here for a long time. Like you said, we've been trying to get this arranged. Uh, the stars have now aligned. Let's do it. Today's podcast is going to be really interesting because you're someone I was, you know, I looked up to, you know, way back when I started my journey, because your journey literally started way back in 2012. And I started my property journey in 2017. And I remembered, you know, I followed you. I think I started following you on Instagram literally around about 2018. I think within the very first year of my journey. So I've seen you grow from literally property number eight to property, I think if I'm correct, property number 22 now. This yeah. is not rent to rent. These are properties that you owned and properties that you've joined venture with, with other property investors. So I'm really looking forward to this. So uh, guys, uh, for those of you who don't know Craig, Craig, is, uh, is his popular name is called The Grafters. He's always like, oh, big up The Grafters, big up The Grafters. And I <laughs> love the energy. So for those of you who don't know him, he's based in Medway, Kent. He's a property investor, he's a property sourcer, he's a hard, hard, hardcore networker, and he's a portfolio landlord, a portfolio investor, is focused on the student-led HMOs and award-winning uh, student-led agency in Kent. And you've also been featured in the BBC, right? Yep, that's right. I go, yeah. And I can go on and on about your accolades. <laughs> so for those who don't know you, what yeah. else haven't I covered? If you don't mind, just do yourself, do, do yeah. us the honours. Yeah, no, you're very kind, uh, Daniel. So, uh, yeah, my name's Craig Sullivan. I'm a property developer based in North Kent. I specialise solely in student HMOs. Uh, and basically, I saw a gap in the market when I went to university in this area. And uh, I built up an agency, which which is where I am now. And, uh, yeah, it's kind of just snowballed from there. And uh, I've just grown my personal portfolio, got more and more property stock involved. Landlords have seen what I've been doing. Investors have been seeing what I'm doing. And as you uh, rightly pointed out, I'm, I'm hardcore on, on Instagram. And that's basically where I showcase all my work, my attitude, uh, my highs, my lows. And uh, a lot of people appreciate it. And, and that's kind of where, where I market myself. And um, yeah, people are always watching. So uh, yeah, in, 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 in a nutshell, that's kind of who I am. And uh, yeah, I might say big up the grafters once or twice. <laughs> no, it's, it's actually more. You say that yeah, yeah, all yeah, the yeah. time. Yeah. <laughs> So that's just a little bit about you. And you know what? And I, we can go on and on today and just talk about you personally. But because of today, it's all about money. It's all about mindset. It's all about how ordinary people like yourself, like myself, you know, is actually doing the impossible because we have been affected societally, you know, in different ways where we're told to, you know, go to school, go to work, get a nine to five job, settle for the little income coming in. And that's just about what most people do settle for. Uh, People are not sort of this mindset of, you know, thinking that, you know, I've got what it takes to be an extraordinary. I've got what it takes to to build a massive portfolio, you know? So we're going to be deeply diving into the mindset, how you got from where you were to where you are now, 
and how other people can pick up a lot of tips and a lot of nuggets. So we're going to be, you know, expanding the conversation. But first of all, if you don't mind, can you tell us how you became, you know, a runner up for the Kita uh, Entrepreneurship, you know, uh, awards in 2016? How did that happen? Yeah, so basically it's called, it stands for the Kent Independent Trades Awards. And so uh, basically, uh, yeah, basically I started up the agency and uh, I heard about the awards and I was doing some social media work and he entered into the awards on the social media side. And he said, mate, you should 100% apply for this award because it's local, it's good promotion and it will only yeah benefit your business. So I thought, okay, I'll apply. And he said, You're, if you reach like the final selection, you're guaranteed a place in the paper in like uh, the Kent online stuff. So I thought, okay, brilliant. So anyway, I got a message saying, yeah, we really like your application and it's gone through to the the final panel. I was like, oh, amazing. So I'm going to be in the paper. And then uh, I get another letter come through saying, congratulations, you've made um, the, the final like final four uh, business selection. I'm like, oh my God, this is incredible. So, uh, so yeah, I, I rocked up on the night and uh, I managed to get um, a runner up for the, the big, uh, biggest growth in, in the space of a year and also a runner up entrepreneur of the, of the year as well with, with Keita, uh, which, which is, which is like Kent based businesses. Kent based so. businesses. And uh, on that as well, you've been featured on BBC as well. You know, how, how have you been able to just like, not just, you know, basic property investor who just goes and do the normal, you know, and, you know, go home and sleep, but you've been, you know, awarded with all these different accolades being shown on social, you know, like your Instagram account is crazy. Like, and <laughs> you're, you know, you're everywhere. Like what is the drive, you know, behind you? What, what is that that mo- really motivate you in doing what you do? What it comes down to is that you're only, you're only here once, right? Life's not a dress rehearsal, right? So yeah. you, you, I just want to go out there and just go for it, you know? So I, I don't want to have any regrets like, oh, I should have done that or I wish I did this because I, I think for my age and, and the way I am, I'm quite wise. So I'll always think, oh, okay, like where, where I want to be in 10, 20, 20 years time. And I, I don't want to be like old and on, on my deathbed thinking, oh, I should have done this. So I'm all about just going for it. Uh, but that, that's kind of the what it boils down to. But then there's layers on top of that. So one was a, a big influence for me was my father. So he was a property developer. He still kind of is. He's, he's, he's a bit retired now. He just cherry picks what he does. From a young age, I saw him buy a house, renovate it, sell it on and move up bigger and bigger, you know. And as I was growing up, I would help him do that. So I would yeah. help him do the painting. I'd go and get him materials. I would yeah help him do everything. And so I learned a great deal with that. Like when I look back, I think, oh, it's just working for my dad. But now I'm like, oh, my God, that, that experience was was so essential to where I wanted to, to get to, because I'm very hands on, as you know, like not so much now. I'm kind of getting away. I'm more of a site manager now. But during my like 20s, I was like on it like because obviously uh, when you're 20, you need money to do property or you yeah. need to reduce the costs when you do property. So what did I do to reduce costs? Mate, I was on site. I was doing everything and, and above and beyond, you know. So, wow. so yeah, so so my dad was a, was a massive influence. And uh, that's kind of where I saw, oh, OK, that's that he's he's doing well out of that. So that kind of planted the seed as property, as a, as a wealth uh, making machine. And then. I kind of went to university and saw the service level for um, accommodation, student accommodation in this area at the time. And it was absolutely diabolical, Daniel. Like It was so, so bad. Like, I walked into my house, my student house, and it looked like a charity shop. 
It looked yeah. like someone had just picked up a load of furniture, thrown it in there, and was like, "Yeah, this is your, this is your house." And to the <laughs> point where, my, yeah, my mum like cried when she checked me, and she was like, "Oh my god, I can't believe I let you move into that place." To this day, wow. she still says it. Yeah, it's that bad. So, so yeah, that's where I saw the opportunity, and I thought, well, my dad's a builder. I've got um, my friends are all saying how crap the services, how crap the prop- uh, properties are. So I was like, Dad, why don't I think I'm onto something here? This is the rent that we're all paying. Why don't we get a house together? We'll do it up really nice. You do what you do because he he does very high end stuff. That's kind of that was it. And then it just snowballed from there. And then I got an agent. Well, then I've got more properties. Then I've got an agency. Then I got landlords involved. And then now I've getting now I'm getting JVs involved. And it's yeah, yeah now it's blown up. So would you would you say you literally started your property journey through buying or would you say that you started your property journey through sourcing or rent to rent? How did your property journey start? Yeah, so I started through buying, basically. So back when I started in 2000 and like, yeah, about 2009 was like my first, first, first one. I, I don't show 2009, my 2009, days. yeah, yeah. I was, I was a, about 20, I was about 20 years old. And basically... Um, I saw a house at auction, but obviously I didn't have, I was still a student, so I didn't have an income. So basically what I did was I had to pitch it to my dad. I'd be like, dad, look, I, I'll, I'll source the tenants and uh, I'll manage the property. I'll live in one of the bedrooms and my other three friends, they'll pay the rent and, and we'll make a bit of money out of it. So I, I've got 10 grand saved up. That's all I can put in. So it was so funny because my dad was like, okay, Craig, because he was in Ireland at the time. And he was like, okay, Craig, yeah, you go to auction and you do it, thinking that I wouldn't do it. He thought, yeah, all right, Craig, yeah, you won't do it. Little did he know, on that day, I rang him up. So, all right, dad, I'm just en route to the auction. And he was like, what? I said, yeah, yeah, I'm going to the auction. He went, whoa, 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 what's happening here? I said, well, I'm, I'm going to buy this house. We discussed this. Why, why, are, you, why are you surprised? <laughs> he says, okay, well, you don't go over. And I told him the figures, run it past him, all the rest of it. And uh, lo and behold, we ended up winning. But this year, this is in 2008. Bearing in mind, that was when the financial crisis hit. That right? was the first recession. That was the, exactly, that was the deep, deep recession. And um, yeah, basically I bought at the worst time, um, but I still made the numbers work and, and, and we've still got that property today. And it's doubled in value. So it just goes to show you, right? It, 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 should, it should actually be behaving towards not just doubling, it should be actually heading towards tripling. <laughs> no, no. Well, this is the thing. We bought it literally at the worst point. We bought it for 116 and it's now worth, I'd say, about 220 now. Oh, wow. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. So, I remember that it was about the same time as well that I bought my first residential home. So I bought my first residential home in 2006 and um, we was about actually dipping my tool, dipping our tools into the property market. And that happened and I got discouraged and I just faced something else. Mm-hmm. I tried to do other sort of businesses and made progress, but got really frustrated in 2012 and had to relocate back to Nigeria because I was just you know, fed up and tired of, of, of living in the UK. And I relocated back to Nigeria to build a different business in oil and gas industry. And that did really well up to 2015. And then I uh, had a major incident. I lost over 150,000 uh, pounds in a single month. And I had to relocate back again to, to the UK in 2015, December. And at this time I came, I was broke, completely broke. And I didn't know what to do. And obviously that's what kind of started opening my, maybe I should go back into doing something else. You know, we'll probably will come into that later, yeah. you know? <laughs> so, yeah. so about the same time. <laughs> exactly. So yeah, to answer your question, then, so how did I get into it? So yeah, it was from buying. So basically I didn't have the money. So my dad bought, paid the rest of it in cash and he came over from Ireland and, and renovated it ready for September. And uh, that's when I, I'd done my bit and I got my friends in there and, and that's when 
that that was the start of it. So that was my first property. But at, at such a young age, I think it was great for exposure. Like I was the Absolutely. youngest guy at auction. Yeah, I was registering auction. I, I was like there with like my Nikes on. Like they were like, who's this young guy? What's he gonna buy? And um, yeah, lo and behold, we we end up. Well, I went ended up winning it at one sixteen. Wow. And uh, like yeah, that was literally at the top of the market. And after that, it all tumbled down. But we were in it. We weren't. Go- we owned it cash, or my dad did. And uh, so yeah, I owned like say ten percent. I think it was about fifteen percent. And um, yeah, then then my dad ended up buying me out. He ended up giving me um, cash for it, and then I bought my own one. And then that's and that's the one I document. That's that was the one on BBC Homes Under the, Under the Hammer. Okay, and then uh, and then it just yeah that that's where it all all happened. Am I correct that you currently own over twenty properties in your portfolio? Right, so I've got I've got twenty one now, and I'm, I'm currently buying the, my twenty second. Yes. Wow, wow, that is massive. <laughs> Only twenty plus HMOs. That is not a joke. No, that's no joke. It keeps me busy, Daniel. Let's oh way. my day, <laughs> great. So that, that so so let's talk about money. So let's talk about your money mindset. What what is your money attitude? Because if you didn't have the right type of money attitude, a lot of kids, or rather a lot of youth at your yeah. age, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of people at your age, at the age of twenty, they will be going to nightclubs, like and having you know going on some luxury holiday. So how do you manage to separate yourself from the crowd? And had a different sort of money mindset that that said, you know what, Dad, I've got 10k in my bank account. Let's buy a house. So it's it's for me, it was just about the bigger picture. I just saw such a big gap in in the market. So obviously, and with property at the time, I didn't know about rent to rent. Like rent to rent is is relatively new, right? But um, at the time when I was investing, I didn't do for any education. I was never on courses. The only knowledge I had was with my dad and, and doing it myself. That that was it. So I just thought, right. In order to buy more properties, I need more money. So yes. once I was at university, um, I managed to get a placement working in London. And um, that's where basically I, I realized, okay, right, I'm going to save this money and uh, basically get more. I need more money. So what do I do? I'm living in London um, and this this money isn't going too far. I mean, I'm spending most of my money on rent. So I'm like, no, this, this can't be good. So I got two jobs. I got a job at Ted Baker Westfield. Uh, in the working on the evenings and on the weekends so I was working five days a week at Disney and then um, Saturday Sunday uh, at Ted Baker and on the evening so I was just like a trooper but again I knew the reason why and it was to buy my second house because I thought right the only way I'm going to get to where I want to get to is by by working hard and getting that money in um, and also what really uh, put me ahead was also I found out that lenders love that so the more money you earn then um, they, they absolutely love that, and you're absolutely as well. Yeah. So, so yeah, that was the, that was the other mindset. It was like basically, it, it was get your income as high as level uh, to the highest level, add your expenses to the lowest level. And I, I was extreme. Like during my early twenties, I was extreme. Yes, I was still going out, having fun, like book book days off and stuff. But I, honestly, I was a bit yeah, a bit naive. You know, you know the term mind sweeping. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, in the clubs. So there's all my friends with bottles, all that. And I'm just like mind sweeping. I'm just like, I'm getting drunk. I'm, I'm not paying 200 quid for a bottle. No way. <laughs> <laughs> so there's me walking around the club and that looks like mind sweep, like those little feet. But I was still having a great time. I was still out with it, but it was just about being clever with it. God, that, that takes me back. Um, and as well, like for lunches, like instead of eating out all the time, do you know what I used to do? I used to buy an extra large chicken from Sainsbury's. That was it, just an extra large whole chicken, bung that in the oven on a Sunday and literally cut it up, throw in some salad, uh, which again is cheap. And uh, that literally lasted me for um, lunch and a bit of dinner um, up until like Friday. 
And so I was just keeping everything to a just a bare minimum, man, just a, an absolute bare minimum. But again, that's when I got my my second house. And then, um, yeah, and I just kept to that mindset of earning, earning, earning. Then then I got the rent coming in as well to top it up. And then I moved out of London to save on costs. And it was just that build, build, build mentality because I thought I've got to sacrifice it now while I'm young. Because by the time I'm 30s, I'm going to meet someone, I'm going to have a kid, and it's going to be a lot more difficult. You can't, you can't like tell you, to, yeah, you, do you know what I mean? When you're, you want to be comfortable when you're, you're in your 30s. And this is where I'm saying being wise and having a lot of foresight is, 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 is very key. Like living in the moment, great. Like that'll only get you so far. Like you said, that uh, my friends were going on holidays. They were, they were going to nightclubs, spending like a thousand pounds in one night at the, at the age of 20. Yeah, it was great. And I was I was with them all the time, but I, I was clever with it. You know, I was just like, uh, yeah. I was- great. Wow. What a, what a, what a great, what a great way to, you know, that you have, you was able to really build your mentality because a lot of people would not be able to have that sort of mindset because a lot of people do get carried away. People are given a lot of opportunities in their early twenties. Yeah. And sometimes a lot of people blow it. They just blow it and they never recover from it. So well done to you, really, really well done to you for, for you, you know, being in that situation at the age of 20. And now you have now built such a massive portfolio for your age. A lot of people are trying to get into property in their late thirties now, and they're finding it difficult. People are even trying to, I literally got started like four years ago. So that would be me being around about 35, 30, because I'm 30, 41 now, yeah. you know, and imagine if I was able to take the boat step you took way back in in my 20s just imagine that so you started really really well and well done for not misbehaving if that's the word <laughs> that's it. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Misbehaving. but i had my moments don't get me wrong but yeah it's, it's yeah that was well, you still did it exactly you exactly. still you still currently own over 21 properties that is insane right I want to get to 50 that's, exactly that's it's 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 possible because once you tell the universe once is what you put out there the universe will deliver it to your doorstep you know, it's, it's, it's as a man, they said, as a man thinketh, so he is. So if you are, like, I have a, a mindset to, that I've, I know that I've got what it takes not to settle for the millions, but maybe even settle for the billions. It's all about in, is all in, in here, you know, it's all in here. So, you know, if you, if you're looking to get 50, you're going to get it. It's as yeah. simple as that. hundred percent, man. And, the, and this is, and this is where big up the grafters come from. This is why I'm always saying it. And this is why it's so powerful is because it's like you if you want to get to where you want to get to quicker and you and you actually want to get there real time you have to graft it's not going to get handed to you no you way go out and earn it go out and get it take action graft that's it it's a big up so every time someone's on a site somewhere or they're slogging it I, i'm i'm with you 100 percent. i've been there done that man and it, it's worth it at the end that's why i'm always saying big up the grafters because absolutely it's powerful it's powerful what would be your biggest tip that you will give a 20 years old Craig Sullivan, yeah. all right? What would be the biggest advice and tip that you will give to him now? Knowing, you know, you know, having, you know, looking back and saying, you know what, well, actually I'm where I am now. What would be, get, be the biggest advice for anyone, the biggest tip for anyone right now that is watching who is 20 years old, or maybe even 25 or 30? Yeah, so I like to answer it. Yeah, the twenty-year-old me, I'll just say, Craig, just keep doing what you're doing because I I don't have regrets. Like that's that's like that that's I love life. But yeah, for any 20, 20 year old right now, I would say, mate, you have got the best opportunity in front of you, the best opportunity because you're you're young, you're hungry, you've got no like responsibilities, so you can take a lot of risk. And like I said, just work your butt off. 
work your butt up and have fun on the way. That's exactly what I did. Like I was loving it. Like, I was I was doing like 15 hour days, like nonstop, even more than that sometimes. I was loving it because I worked at nightclubs and I got exposure for different management styles and uh, corporate against um, handyman. Do you know what I mean? So you just get, just say yes to everything and, and just go for it. Um, and yeah, just don't be stupid with money because yes, there's rent to rent and there are strategies around it. But ultimately, if you want to build generational wealth that will, that will benefit you and your families and for generations, you need to start with you and you need to save. So earn as much as you can and save as much as you can, but have fun on the way. Absolutely. That just that just goes to trigger something out. Just thinking about why you were saying that. Grant Cordon 40-40-20 rule. So basically, your 100% of your cash, store away 40%. Yes. Obviously, pay your taxes and then try to live on 20% of your earnings. Yes. All right? And build a life of your future. It's as simple as that. And ever since I personally, I even do the worst. Like literally, I invest 80% of my income. Yeah, this is it. If you can beat that, then brilliant. So I just I just invest 80%. So I'm always broke. <laughs> yeah, that's it. I'm always broke. I'm always looking for money because I invest 80% and I live only on 20%. And the other day, my wife asked me, when are you going to stop? You leave, you, you're always investing, investing, investing. You never have my asset because if I have money, then all of a sudden I'm going to start having ideas around, oh, I need to go on holiday now. I that's need to go into, I need to start wearing wearing probably a Versace shirt and stuff like that. But because I invest 80% of my income, I'm always broke. I'm always looking for money. That's right. and, the invest, and the investment keep what? What does the investment keep doing? The investment pays my lifestyle, pays my, you know, just look after me, basically. You know, I never spend my end cash, you know, and that's just the right way to look at it. So my next question to you, would you then say that your, your, your society, society that you grew up in, family, friends, has a huge impact to the mindset that you have to have been able to create, if I'm right, your portfolio should be in the millions now. You know, obviously over 20 properties, you're probably looking in the region of just probably about 5 million or less than 5 million. And that is a crazy number right there. So did your society where you grew up at that time, your local vicinity, whether Kent or where, what part, did that have a huge impact on you? So for me, I... I think it boils down to the individual. You just got to have that self-belief. Like I told people when I was young, I told people I'm going to have 10 houses by the time I'm 30. I, at that time, I didn't know where I was going to buy it. I didn't know what strategy I was going to do, but I was going to get 10 houses by the time I'm 30. And lo and behold, bang, I come to Medway. I see this opportunity and I'm like, this is it. This is it. And I asked people along the way, come and invest with me. Come and invest with me. Two or three properties in. They all said no. They said, no, 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 no. And now they're banging on my door asking now if they can come in with me. I, I promise you. And it's always the way. It's always the way. When Once you get a track record, that's it. So, yeah, I'd say it, it basically you've got to be very, very careful who you, who you let in and who you take advice from. Because if I listen to, uh, I'd say, about 95% of the people, I wouldn't, I wouldn't even be, be where I'm at. Yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be here. I believe Absolutely. in it. I believed in my work rate. I knew the service. I had that image in my head and I had to make it a reality. So, so yeah, I would say that the, cause I, I don't know if you know this, Daniel, but I actually went to the worst school in England. Like just like I can legitimately say statistically, it was called the Ramsgate school and it was in like a council estate and it was the worst school in England. So you can imagine the, I don't know if, if you could, let me tell you the environment. It was like, you're surrounded by uh, crime, drugs, poverty, like the people, like really, really um, 
yeah, just really, really crap situations. Uh, and I went to that school. In the mindset in that school, you're not looking for accolades. You're not looking for university degrees. You're looking to be like the biggest, the hardest, like if you can fight. That's the mentality in that kind of school. And, and I, I think I've done well to separate myself from that. Absolutely. And, and this is why I'm saying you've got to be so careful who you take advice from and who, who you follow as role, role models, because it will make or break your life. I, pro I promise you that. I've seen it. I've, got, I've had friends that are now like notorious, like they're, they're criminals and they're not so much friends anymore. But we, we went to the same school and, I, and I, they're, like, they're big time like gangsters now. So I went to the worst school in England, but yeah, you've got to separate yourself. You've just got to know your strengths and like your family. I think family is so important. Like if you've got a solid family unit, like my dad, for example, he, he took me away from the school. He knew that it was the worst school. He saw that when he dropped me off at friends' houses, they weren't well off and stuff like that. And he thought, do you know what, Craig? No, you're coming to work with me on Saturdays and Sundays when I was like 13, 14, because he dragged me away. Because you can you imagine like I'm hanging around with these people and, and it's bad enough in school, let alone on weekends when they're yeah, around someone's house. And uh, do you know what I mean? So I could have got sucked in. So again, I can't, I can't thank my dad enough. But to your point, I think, yeah, a good, strong family unit is absolutely key because no matter who your friends are, your, your family are like your base, who you fall back on and who you gather all your values from. How did you manage to deal with the naysayers when you told people that you were going to one day own 10 houses? You know, I, because I wasn't the same, I, I had a similar situation when I was getting started using rent to rent. A thousand and one time, a lot of people that I told I'm going to become wealthy in property, give me four years, give me five years, I'm going to become a multimillionaire in property. People said to me, oh, don't worry, because I was an Uber driver. So people said to me, it's better for you just to stay where you are as an Uber driver those that knew that I lost a lot of money said, you, do you want to go and I lose another money again? And, you know, different types of situation dealing with naysayers. When the will is stronger, when the power within you is stronger, nothing can stop your shine. And that was one of the things that I, you know, really took from me. So I don't know what yours would be. So how did you manage to deal with the naysayers, people who said it's not going to happen? Now they're throwing money at you or now they wanted to invest with you. How do you deal with that? So, so basically, again, you've just got to be careful who you let let in. You just got to have that self belief that that you you have a north star, right? That that's the way I see it. You have a north star, and you go to that north star. If you have second doubts, that that's not your north star. So you, once you once you've got that belief, you're just going to go there, cut everything out. You're like tunnel vision. You know exactly where you're going, and that's it. You don't care. But the perfect example, though, Daniel, is when I was at Disney. I worked very very like I said. I come from the worst school in England. And I'm working for the Walt Disney Company. Like my mum was proud. My dad, like obviously, my dad and my mum knew, knew knew me as a person anyway. They knew my dreams, but they were so proud that I got to that point. I was working in Hammersmith in West London, living in London. Like I was doing doing well. I was I was building my career in the yep. corporate world. But then I um I, I made a lot of colleagues there, a lot of good friends, and I told them about my situation. And and uh, an auction property came up, which is my first one. And and I went to. Uh, my manager and he he had his he had the best interest for me he said no Craig maybe you should leave this maybe you should just focus on your career at Disney you're doing well like like you're you're progressing I think you should focus on this uh, deep down I knew he just didn't understand the potential because if he knew he'd be like Craig here's my money going because that's that's exactly what he's doing now they pretty yeah. much so <laughs> Um, so yeah, it's, it's just, you just got to cut out and know their best intentions because he, he loves me and, and I'm sure he had the best intentions, but he just didn't know the potential of it. So you just, it's, it's a tough one. It's very, very tough. You've got to choose who you want to let in. Um, but you just got to have that deep down. It just falls on you. Like, you know, you're going to make it. 
or definitely not. true you know, um ultimately and you just don't don't have any excuses and no regrets we're talking about 20 plus properties here that you currently now own in the last 10 years or plus 10 years you 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 i'm, I'm very sure that you haven't built this with your money all right i'm sure you didn't have hundred thousand pounds to build a portfolio close to the region of over five million or just maybe under five million that'd be nice yeah what is the mindset how did you do it so it's a mixture it's a mixture of things so it's all about uh buying at the right price that that's the first step you've got to buy property at the right price if you buy at the wrong price you're, you're losing from the get-go so you buy it at the right price the next phase is you add value cost effectively so what I mean by that is anyone can add value to a house, but it's doing it cost effectively. So you do the right materials, the, the, not the cheapest, but you do, do like the, the sweet spot. So they're, they're cheap, but they look good. They're, they're medium quality, so on and so forth. So, so yeah, add value cost effectively. Um, then, you, then I rent it out per room. So because for me, the HMO model is like the most lucrative model there is because you're, you're absolutely and you're chopping it into four incomes, five incomes, six incomes, depending on how many bedrooms there are. Right. So, so that's the, that's the strategy for, for that. And then once it's all up and running, once those three steps are, are tied up, then it's the refinance. And then once the refinance comes in, then you've, yeah, you've got that pot of cash again and you can go and, and go again, go again. And also the rising market as if you've got a rising market, fantastic. And again, from 2008, that, that's kind of the good time. That's when I got in because since then it's been on the increase, which is fantastic. So I've got, I've caught it at the right at the right of the dip, which was good. But now, obviously, to like for example, in 2020 during COVID, I purchased seven houses. That's like the most I've ever bought in one year. And uh, again, that was with JV Finance, and that was u- using my phone. Moses literally said, "Guys, I'm looking for JVs. This is the structure." Um, these are the returns. This is the project. And um, the thing with social media, and this is why it's so powerful, is that there's always people watching. And if you're of good value, then people will be drawn to you. Like there's no like I'm sure you, you can relate to that as well. Absolutely. <laughs> and there's always people watching. So and that's why you should always be putting your content out, always documenting your journey, because someone, someone somewhere will relate to it. And you just never know. They could be your next investor. They could be, I don't know, a friend. It could be, you could like go on their, their talk shows. Do you know what I mean? It just yeah. you don't know where it's going to go. So that's why I'm always documenting, trying to be as real as possible, showing the good, the bad, the ugly, because people, I think, relate to that. Yeah. I mean, that's, 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 that's interesting what you've said. So you've obviously, you've used the Barry Forbish Refinance model to increase your cash flow to reinvest in. And also you've used, you've used joint venture partnership. Now I'm going to really focus a little bit on the joint venture partnership because I am a coach. I mentor people and how to start using rent to rent deal sourcing and obviously using the BRR strategy to build a portfolio. Uh, for me, the one of the ways I was able to raise one of the biggest lump, lump sum cash that's allowed me currently with my current deal pipeline of over two 2.5 million pounds of uh, properties I'm about to develop was the cash lump sum that's come from my very first house that I, I used to own as a family unit. I uh, had to move out from that house and purchased another property, moved down to that property, then rented out that property on a single let. And then I bought the third property. Then I then decided to become a tenant. So I am now a tenant where I have producing assets that are, you know, that are going up in value and paying my rent. That makes sense. And also I've been able to, I I used credit cards. I use, you know, 
overdrafts. I use literally name any type of finance that there is to build wealth. I have actually used them. So you've, you've, you've literally, you know, hammered more on joint venture partnership. So how would you say, you know, a joint venture partnership works for yeah. someone, for those who don't understand what you meant by that? Yeah. So, so basically I, I never really liked the, the purpose of a J joint venture partnership until I started thinking of the potential of it. So before I used to sort, I sourced one property, basically, Daniel. What it was is I sourced a property for an investor. I sourced it for him for £5,000. Um, I'd handled the renovation. I, I made it, in my opinion, it's the best four-bedroom HMO in Gillingham. The, the first group of girls that walked in there, Daniel, they took, they took it, they literally took my arm off for it because it was that good. And I was like, I should have got more money for it. But um, so after that, I thought, oh, my God, I sold this asset. And it was gener- it's generating him about £22,000 a year. And I thought, I just sold this asset to him for five grand. And it's generating two- £22,000 a year. It's going up in value every year. What have I done? Like, I, th- I felt wrong. <laughs> I was like, why did I do that? And, uh, so I thought, there's got to be a better way. So what I did was, is uh, I thought, you know what? I'm just going to pick up the phone. I thought about it. And I thought, you know what? I'm going to tell my audience and see what happens. And basically what I said was, was like, look, I know the the market. I've got an agency. I've got the the contacts. I've got the know-how. I know the um, target audience, the target tenant. I've built up a brand and a presence in this area. All I need from the other side is the cash to fund it. And uh, and basically, to, to as an investor, what you want is security. So I'm, I've given you the track record, and and again, you guys can see that. You can come and meet me. I can show you what I've built. I can if you don't know me, and um, and basically. I also said that if you want security, you can have any one of my assets, any, any one of the, take your pick, whatever one, if it goes tits up, then you can, we can sell that and uh, you'll get your money back. So, so they're like, well, hold on a minute. So they've got this guy who's good at what he's doing. He's going to take care of absolutely anything, everything from sourcing the project to renovation. He's going to fill it and he's going to manage the tenancy. He, he does it all fine. So all, all, you, all I needed you to do is just fund it. And so we're 50-50 on the asset. Um, but the thing is, all the profit that comes in, Daniel, you would get paid back first. So all the rental profit goes straight to you until your lump sum is paid off. I don't see a penny of the deal until you're paid off, which is benefits both of us because it's security for you. And it's in my best interest to buy low, to make sure it's renovated, to yeah. get the value out. Um, and yeah, it's, it's just a, it's just a win, win, win. And, um, like I said, I, I offered that service back in what, November, 2019. And I, I'm on like my seventh JV. Did you, did you give them any sort of equity ownership or it's just a, a return on investment? No, it's just literally 50, 50 ownership. Okay. What I'm, what I'm bringing to the table is my expertise, my, my build knowledge, my, uh, my agency um, all you're bringing to the table is the funds that's it and then uh, like i said i don't see a penny of the deal until you're paid back in full so i don't see i don't see any money or any refinance as well any refinance goes straight to you to pay off to, to pay to pay their capital invested exactly that exactly that i don't see the money until maybe four four years down the line well, it's time. but you've built but you've built but you've built an asset with your with your knowledge your leverage yep. and, your, and your skill Exactly. And going back to my original example, it's either five grand or say half a 300 grand house. Yeah. What would you rather? And funny enough, 
I'm so glad you mentioned this because I've been telling a lot of people what's possible, what's not possible. And sometimes when I explain to people that you can use, you can convert credit into cash and people don't believe this. And sometimes I also tell people that you can, you know, use credit cards to convert them into cash and asset. People don't believe that. And when I see someone like you, you know, doing what you're doing, because I know you and I follow, I followed you for quite a while now. Like I said before, during this interview, when I started in 2017, you were one of those guys in Kent. I was first looking to connect with because I'm based in Bromley. I wanted to quickly connect with the guys around Bromley. And the thing was, there's so little of us, right? Literally doing well in the Kent area with massive portfolios. Most people, most of the gurus that we have in the whole of the UK are all these big boys coming from Birmingham, Leeds, coming to teach us property in London. And I'm like, this is why I actually go into the education aspect of the business. I'm like, point me for educators that we have in London. None. The other big boys are property trainers. And I can mention names, the likes of the the, the Kevin Green, the uh, Port Preston and so on. All these other guys, they're all coming from outside of London to dominate our market. And I, when I reached out to you at that time, I reached out to you because, I, you know, you're big in Kent. I'm also somehow kind of Kent London-ish, yeah. but it is very possible for you to convert your knowledge into wealth. You know, and I tell people, people, because I teach people how to do rent-to-rent and deal sourcing, I said to them, the reason why you don't understand how to make money because you're not knowledgeable enough. The moment you discover knowledge, all right, you can literally own houses for free. And when I share the BRR strategy, even more in depth on how you can do this, people don't, people say, oh, it's not, it is very possible. I'll give an example. I did a first refurbishment where the builder had to finance 50% of the build cost with 10%, uh, five to 10% interest for three months. Okay. Most people say, why would you give away 10%? It's too much. It's too expensive. But today I, that strategy allowed me on a house valued at 700,000 pounds. Exactly. exactly and he's all paid off yeah their response is a very small mindset isn't it it's like why are you thinking like that think of the bigger picture right think of the potential that's that's it and people are people are being scared to take that risk as well that leap of faith to yeah. utilize the knowledge apply the process obviously it's taken me four years for you since 2009 you've been grafting that's 20 it. 2012 you you know you you started buying multiple properties in last in the last just three years alone you've bought seven houses or more so that just goes to say that you don't really have lots of money to start, but what you need is skill, knowledge, and speed. And obviously graft every single day because property isn't a get rich risk scheme like most people say. It isn't. No, exactly. I, I, 100%. I'll second you on that. If, if you want to get rich quick, don't, 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 don't do it. Don't in property. It's not going to happen. You'll be very disappointed. <laughs> Great. Fantastic, mate. So I really love how this conversation is going. So um, what would you say is a good debt? And what would you say is a bad debt? A good debt is definitely something that you can make money on. So for example, if I'm borrowing money off you to buy, I don't know, an appreciating asset, uh, then then that, that's a basic example of a good debt. So a mortgage, for example, is a good debt. Um, that's that's like the ultimate, um, I'd say the the ultimate uh, good debt scenario, isn't it? It's a, it's a property mortgage. Basically, in the it's got to be location as well. Location, like uh, yeah, because you don't want to be buying somewhere like I know. Again, I think this is an example in like Northern Ireland, for example, where properties. I think I don't know if they have or they're just under 
their 2008 peak still. Yeah, they haven't fully recovered yet. So yeah, again, it's all about location. So yeah, Ab- absolutely, absolutely. So if you were to give one advice, and I'm going to ask this question, what would this advice be? And the question is to the, the to the question to the advice I'm looking for is, would you rather buy your first house or would you rather invest in your first house so that multiple houses that you buy to invest can then buy your own house or would you buy your own house first before actually buying investment property? I love this question, Daniel. I love it because I, I kind of done both. I got the benefits of both. And let me tell you why I did it or how I did it. So basically I was a first time buyer um, for the auction property uh, because I, the, the one in my dad's, the one I bought at auction with my dad, I didn't go down on the deeds. I just put the deposit in. So he was the owner and he, he bought my share out to buy my first one on Homes and the Hammer. So, so yeah, I was a first time buyer. And so they said, okay, at the time, you can put 10% deposit down. So I was like, okay, brilliant. But I, I said I was going to use that as my residence. So they said, okay, fine. You're going to move to Gillingham, blah, blah, blah. So anyway, when, when I was in, six months in, I, I, then, I then called up Nationwide and I said, look, who, who the mortgage was with. And I said, look, I've had a change of circumstance. Basically, I'm moving um, back to London, but I don't want to sell this property. Um, and they said, okay, what do you want to do with it? I said, well, I want to rent it out. So they said, okay, well, you've got a residential mortgage. We can do something called a change of circumstance um, and a consent to let, which means that you can still own the house, but on the money that you paid. Um, and you can, yeah, basically it's, it's, it's a cheap buy to let <laughs> mortgage. Yeah. I was like, fantastic. And again, I didn't know about this. I just thought, you know what, I'll pick, I'll pick up the bank and, and ask them. And uh, to be fair, the mortgage advisor was fantastic. She said, yeah, you can do it. Um, it's after the six months. So yeah, the, 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 and, and, and uh, I showed her that I worked in London at the time. And so it worked. So, so yeah, to answer your question, yeah, I, I went to buy my residency because it's a cheaper, cheap, cheaper deposit. I think you can get five, five percent deposits now but i think the five to five percent deposits they're a lot stricter so they probably won't let you do this but with the ten percent nationwide back in 2011 that they let me do it so so yeah i was kind of the in in between your answer there i got the best of both wow that's good that's that's such a way to do it you know and for me i didn't know what i know now in 2006 no way i didn't know and being, you know, I come from, originally I'm born and raised in Nigeria. And in Nigeria, it is almost a taboo. You know, it's almost forbidden for you to rent a house when you, when you should own a house. Does that make sense? Really? So yes. it's all about buy where you live, buy where you live. So, and when you do buy a house that you live in with your wife or your kids, it's such a big thing. And that was my mentality way back in 2006. And we managed to do that. However, when I discovered wealth education and when I discovered self-development and wealth creation, I was like, at the moment, I really don't need to own where I live. All right. I'm about creating wealth. When I've created the wealth, then I can buy where I own cash. Exactly. And just by doing that alone, I created a portfolio in the region of over over 1.4 million and just in in the last 18 months yeah or less actually less than the last 18 months and i've been able to teach a lot of other people doing it and just you know just you know adding to what you said consent to let i mean consent to to let i actually did a consent to refurb 
on a buy-to-let product with one of my mentees uh, who is on my one-year mentorship program, where he's now moved out from his residential house that he's owned for 15 years and moved into a rented, ap- a rented apartment or a rented house. And he's now converting his house that he lived in for 15 years into a highly furnished luxury HMO in Catford in London. And when that product is finished, the GDV is looking in the region of over 750,000 pounds. And guess what? They are standing mortgages less than 150,000 pounds. Oh, wow. So, and yeah, that, <laughs> <laughs> no wonder, like he said to me, when this is done, I'm sending you on holiday. <laughs> I said, bring it on, baby. Yeah, bring it on. Yeah. That's it. Great. So it's been an absolute pleasure, Craig, for wow. you, you know, coming on this podcast and, you know, because, you know, you've built a portfolio going the region of millions as well, as such as me, uh, but you've been in the game a bit longer. So mm-hmm. I'm sure you would be, you know, be able to use the word gratitude. So are you, how do you practice the act of being grateful, all right, for what you've been able to achieve, looking at your journey over the past 10 years, and how has gratitude made a huge impact in your business and in your life in general? Yeah, so it, for me, it's all about fulfillment. So I'm, I'm happy. Like you see my Instagram post, I'm high energy, I'm, I'm smiling. The more money you make, the more happy you are. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Right. It's that simple. Yeah. They say money doesn't buy happiness. Well, <laughs> but well, it helps. It helps. That's for sure. But, if you don't um, know, you don't know, innit? <laughs> exactly. That's it. That's it. And um, yes, yeah, so basically it, for me, it's about fulfillment. So I, I, I see, I, I enjoy giving back because I'm, I'm creating a, buying a house, which has no use. It's an old dilapidated house. I'm turning it into high-end student accommodation it's saving the students money. It's creating a good experience for them. They appreciate it. They say, oh, fantastic. So for, for me, for that, it's, that's called the bug. For me, that's called the bug. That's why I keep doing what I'm doing because I love that, that whole process of, of, of hunting a property, um, get the whole, uh, the hunt for the deal. I love that. Like the whole, and, and building up the contacts and it's, I'm grateful for that. Like I'm, I'm absolutely grateful for that. And how I give back, like, so how I give back, I will like sponsor the football teams. I'll sponsor the um, university, obviously not this year because of COVID. But once I always give back. Um, And ultimately it's about, yeah, listening to, uh, and and that's my aim. If you look at our business mantra as at student house Gillingham, it is to be the leading provider of student accommodation in Medway. That is it. That's our mantra. We are, we want to be, we want to be at the forefront of everyone's mind for quality of accommodation and service. That's it. So um, I don't settle for less uh, because you remember that example I was telling you about when I first moved in at uni, I want to be a million miles away from that. when I walked in and I thought oh my god is this going to be my accommodation I don't want any of my tenants to feel the way I did when I walked in so so yeah and as long as they're saying yeah we love it or they renew then I'm fulfilled I'm happy if they're happy I'm happy so so just before we close the two questions I'd like to ask you would be would you agree with me on the statement I use this statement a lot you know and that statement is ordinary people can actually be, you know, become extraordinary. So the question to you would be, do you agree with me that ordinary people can actually become extraordinary? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah absolutely. They've just got to, they've got to want it. Like if, if they're content and they're happy, then brilliant. Like if, if that's the main thing, if you're happy and content, fantastic. You've won. Like, as, yeah, you're, you're doing great. But if you're not happy, if someday you, you think you're better or you deserve better, then you've got to find out what you want and just 
go and grab it and go and get it and make a difference. Like, like I said to right at the beginning, we're only here once, right? Life's not a dress rehearsal. No. You don't get another go at this. So make a difference and, and go for it. Great. Fantastic. So finally, the last question is, what is your mindset around, you know, building wealth? What is the mindset around building wealth? Obviously, you've created enough of it for mm. some people, but some people be like, oh, I've got 22 properties now. And, you know, that's just about a, I'm about closing the 26 property deal, you know, yeah. What is your mindset around wealth creation? So the mindset is, for me, just keep keep going. And remember, don't compare yourself to others. Absolutely. Don't compare yourself to others. It's the worst thing you do. Compare yourself to you, the guy in the mirror, and that's it, and where you want to be. And yeah. then that, that links into being fulfilled, and you'll be a lot more happier. Because you're, if you're comparing yourself to, to other people, they're at different stages. They've had yeah. different experiences. They've got different resources. And so it's uncomparable and, and you'll be, you'll be racking your brains. Um, yeah. Forever thinking, Oh, I should have done this or I'm better than him or he's better than me. Don't even think like that. Yeah. Support each other. Like, like me and you don't like, I love our community on Instagram. I absolutely yeah. love it because everyone's doing amazing things. There's hardly any hate on there. Nah. Anyone that does, they, they get blocked. But, but I, I, all I see is love most of the time. I'll kid absolutely. you not. Absolutely. So, so yeah, that, I'd say, my, my mindset is just compare yourself to, to you and what what you did last year, do it bigger and better. What you did the year before, like don't even think about the year, like, year before that. Just always go bigger and better than what you did yesterday and the year before and only focus on you. Fantastic. Thank you so much, Greg, for your time. And I'm so super humbled to have you here tonight. Okay. And fingers crossed, we'll be inviting you to our, rent, uh, to our Property Wealth Networking event, which is literally a networking event where you know, the group come on live on Zoom. Usually this, this event used to be events that we run live in person, but we don't know, you know, how soon we can bring that back yet. But obviously I do believe that Zoom is the nearest, is the future of networking because you can literally do it from the comfort of your living room, network with other people from far and near and, you know, we can connect. So for those that who needs to reach you, if you don't mind, just, you know, quickly just mention your Instagram handle. Yeah. So if anyone wants to follow you and ask any questions or yeah, just go for it, mate. Yes. So please, um, anyone who wants to reach out, please do the best, the best way to do it is on Instagram. That's like, I, I, that's my number one place. I, I'm always on there. Um, and the, uh, the Instagram handle is property underscore apprentice. Take care. And it's been a pleasure having you. Me too, man. Thanks for having me, Daniel. All right, mate, take care. Bye. Have a good evening.